What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Uncensored Christian Podcast, where we help real people with real problems meet the real God. I hope this message uplifts you and inspires you. And if you enjoy the podcast, be sure to leave a rating and review. Enjoy the message. What is good, everybody? Yo, today's passage I have for you almost reminds me of like a reality TV show where you can see what's going on throughout every single person's life. Then at the end, there's like this scrap that goes on. So I got to share it with you. Genesis chapter 18, verse 1 through 15. The Lord appeared again to Abraham near the oak grove belonging to Mamre. One day, Abraham was sitting at the entrance to his tent during the hottest part of the day. He looked up and noticed three men standing nearby. When he saw them, he ran to meet them and welcomed them, bowing low to the ground. My Lord, he said, if it pleases you, stop here for a while. Rest in the shade of this tree while water is brought to wash your feet. And since you've honored your servant with this visit, let me prepare some food to refresh you before you continue on your journey. All right, they said, do as you have said. So Abraham ran back to the tent and said to Sarah, hurry, get three large measures of your best flour, knead it into dough and bake some bread. Then Abraham ran out to the herd and chose a tender calf and gave it to a servant who quickly prepared it. When the food was ready, Abraham took some yogurt and milk and the roasted meat and he served it to the men as they ate. Abraham waited on them in the shade of the trees. Where is Sarah, your wife? The visitors asked. She's inside the tent, Abraham replied. Then one of them said, I will return to you about this time next year, and your wife Sarah will have a son. Now Sarah was listening to this conversation from the tent. Abraham and Sarah were both very old by this time, and Sarah was long past the age of having children. So she laughed to herself, (laughs) you stupid, and said, how could a worn out woman like me enjoy such pleasure, especially when my master, my husband, is also so old? Then the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh? Why did she say, (laughs) can an old woman like me have a baby? Is anything too hard for the Lord? I will return about this time next year and Sarah will have a son. Sarah was afraid. So she denied it saying, I didn't laugh. You stupid. But the Lord said, no, you did laugh. When I read this verse, I started cracking up. Look, God don't play no games. He straight up told Sarah, nah, girl, you did laugh. Quit trying to lie. (laughs) See, this is why y'all should be glad that God is God and that I'm not God. Because if I was God in this instance and I heard Sarah out here lying to my face, oh, I would have had a roast session. I would have been, I'd be like, yo, Sarah, what you talking about? You didn't laugh. I heard you cackling like you was in the comedy club. I heard I'm God. I'm omnipresent. I'm all knowing. You can't laugh without me knowing you laughing. And I ain't going to lie to my face. My face. I'm going to try to give you a baby. You're going to laugh and you're going to lie. I would have roasted Sarah. But I have to ask you this question. Because Sarah lied. But have you ever found yourself caught in a lie? Now before Y'all people who think you holier than thou start saying, no, I'll never lie. I never lie to God. No, I might lie to people, but when it comes to God, I'm always truthful. I always keep it up front and real. Oh, really? So y'all ain't ever sit there before and say, God, I promise God, this is the last time I'll ever sin. 
I did this when I got, when I got saved and I was like, guys, the last time I'll ever talk back to my parents, I promise I'm going to be a good kid. God, I promise I'll never look at that again. God, I promise I'll never smoke again. God, I promise I'll never do this. God, I promise I'll never let you down. I'll never let you down, God. I'll always be there for you, God, I promise. I mean, even Peter, even Peter did the same thing. When Jesus rolled up to Peter, he was like, hey, Peter, by the way, dude, um, I'm about to go die for you because um, you're sinful. And uh, you're going to deny me three times. Not once, not twice, but you're going to do it three times. Um, and it's going to be, you know, it's going to suck for me because, you know, you're supposed to be my wingman and, and you're going to act like you don't even know me. And Peter's like, nah, Jesus, you crazy. You crazy, Jesus. Quit playing. And then all of a sudden, Jesus out here getting crucified and people... Yo, is that Peter? Hey, yo, Peter. Hey, yo. Yo, weren't you the one hanging out with that dude over there? Wasn't you with Jesus? I heard claiming to heal people. Hey, that's you, isn't it? And Peter's like, nah. Jesus who? 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 Him? Nah, look at him. Look, he's struggling. I don't know. I don't know, Jesus. Even Peter denied Jesus. So you can understand why Sarah might have maybe lied just, just a little bit. But what I think is so interesting about this picture is when she heard what God was promising, when she heard what God was promising her, at that moment, she was alone in the tent. And so when she was alone, she didn't believe. When she was alone, she was able to paint her own picture. When she was alone, she was able to take her circumstances and, and distance them from what God was promising. Because what's funny is a lot of times in the absence of God's presence, we will repaint our own picture. And I guess the question I have is, I mean, why, why lie? I mean, she knew God. So why lie to God? And I think the answer is pretty simple. Because it's easier to try and erase your mistakes than to accept that you've made them. It was easier for her to try and act like she didn't laugh and, and have unbelief in God than to accept the fact that she did. It's easier for us to, to, to act like we're doing okay and to act like we're happy instead of accepting the fact that we're struggling. It's easier to try and erase your mistakes instead of facing them and accepting them. But I love that God called her out. I love that when she lied to God, God straight up said, no, you did laugh. No, you, you, you did struggle to believe. No, you, you didn't think that I'm able to do what I've promised to do. Because God's saying here that, that I will not allow you to stay in doubt. I will not allow you to deceive yourself. And I wish somebody would hear this. I wish somebody would get called out today because God called Sarah out. But I know some of us need to get called out in our own lives. Some of us need to be praying that instead of uh, instead of God blessing us with more things, that God blesses us by, by showing us the true nature of our heart. Some of us need to get called out because God was trying to get her to see that I don't need you to deceive yourself any more than you are because the enemy already tries to do that enough the way... It is, but too often what happens when it comes to our faith is, is we will allow our doubts to control it. And so the only time that, that our doubts get lifted is when we see the blessing. So we'll walk in doubt and allow the blessing to lift our doubts instead of walking in faith and allow the blessing to confirm what we believed. And this is what God was trying to get Sarah to see. 
And I think for us, we need to learn that we need to walk in faith and trust what God has promised us will come to pass instead of just just walking in doubt and being a little bit less skeptical when he fulfills what he's promised. And this is ultimately what I like to call the difference between no faith and oh faith. Because for Sarah, she was walking in oh faith. Because if God didn't confront her on the fact that she had disbelief, what would have happened a year later, just like God promised, he would have came back and Sarah would have had a baby. And when she had that baby and that blessing came to pass, Sarah, because she was doubtful, would have said, oh, God was right. Oh, he he really did bless me. Oh, God really does care for me. But God didn't want the mother who was supposed to be the mother of the nations to come to to have oh faith he wanted her to have no faith he wanted her to know that when i make a promise because i am god and i am capable i need you to know that it will pass that's why god had to call her out on her lie and on the fact that she didn't believe so that she would know that what god promised will come to pass so when that baby came a year later sarah would say thank you god i knew that you were going to fulfill your promise and I've even had my own run-ins with with no faith and with oh faith. I think about my parents because when I was littler, my parents would go on like anniversary trips or they'd go out of town for a little bit and they would leave me and my sister behind at my grandma's because they, they wanted to get away, obviously, because we was crazy. And I always knew that when they came back, wherever they were traveling to, they were going to bring us souvenirs. It was a given. I never, ever believed that it wasn't going to happen. I always knew that they're going to come back with some candy with with some like like shirts and toys and all this cool stuff. So when they came back to pick us up from my grandma's and I saw the gifts in their hands, I already knew. I said, I knew you were going to do this for me. I knew you were going to bless me because our my parents loved their children so much that they wanted to bless them with gifts that they might not have actually deserved. And that's what God was trying to do with Sarah because Sarah was not able to produce a baby on her own, but God loved her so much that he wanted to bless her and the nations with this gift. So she lied. But if I'm honest with you, the lie is not really what got me. I mean, yes, the lying is bad. I think what got me the most is the laugh. Like it actually made me laugh hearing that Sarah was laughing at God. There's something about a poorly like mistimed laugh that just sets me off. I don't know what it is. The first thing that comes to mind is when I was in school and I was always the kid that was talking and messing around and trying to crack jokes. I was always that person. And I remember so many times I'd have teachers that would get on to me and my friends because we were always laughing and talking and they would be so mad. They'd be like, this is the last time. I'm tired of it. We need to study. <laughs> and so we were all sitting there all quiet. And we knew this was not the time to laugh. But I just couldn't hold it in and my friends would be looking over at me and tears are rolling down my face because I'm holding in so much laughter and all it would take is for one of them to look at me and just go, <clears throat> and I was done, dude. I used to do this to my sister. When my sister would get in trouble with my dad, that was the last thing you wanted to get in trouble with with my dad because he was scary because he's big and he's buff and she would get in trouble. She would have the most serious face because she getting in trouble and ain't nobody like to get in trouble. And I would roll up behind my dad where he couldn't see me 
And I would look at my sister and I start laughing or making faces. And there'd be so many times when she would look over at me and start smiling or start cracking a laugh. And my dad would get so mad. There's something about a just poorly timed laugh that sets me off. And so I started laughing when I heard that Sarah was laughing. And you know what I get why she was laughing? Because she just heard something that to her sound sounded utterly crazy. She she was hearing that God was trying to, to speak a blessing of a baby into someone who was barren. And she believed that her inability restricted God's ability. Oh, I wish somebody. Ooh, she believed that her inability restricted God's ability. Some of y'all see so much hate in the world that you believe that God's not able to bring love. Some of y'all feel so weak in your life right now that you don't believe that God's able to bring you strength. Some of y'all have had so many downfalls and you've messed up so many times that you don't believe God's able to lift you up out of the pit you've put yourself in. But I need you to know something, that your circumstances do not limit God's capabilities. And this is what Sarah had to learn, that her circumstances... The fact that she was well past the age of being able to give birth on her own was not limiting what God was capable of doing. But sometimes we laugh at God. Sometimes we laugh at God because we don't believe that he can lift us out of what we lack. Some of us believe that that we are so deep into, into our problems and that, that we've suffered so long and we've made so many mistakes that God cannot lift us out of the pit that we've put ourselves in. Some of us may laugh at the very thought of of God bringing you out of cycles of divorce in your family. Some of y'all may laugh at the very fact that God calls you loved even though you hate yourself so much. Some of y'all laugh at the idea of God being a loving father when your very own earthly father walked out on you. But isn't it great? That we serve a God whose ego is strong enough for him to love us even while he's getting laughed at. This happened to Jesus when he was going to Jairus' house to to go see his daughter that just died. Jairus had a 12-year-old daughter that just died and Jesus was going to see if he could help. This is in Mark chapter 5. And they came to the home of the synagogue leader, Jairus. Jesus saw much commotion and weeping and wailing. He went inside and asked, why all this commotion and weeping? The child isn't dead. She's only asleep. The crowd laughed at him. They laughed because they believed that their circumstances were no match for his capabilities. They believed that her inability to live hindered Jesus's ability to give life. But he made them all leave and he took the girl's father and mother and his three disciples into the room where the girl was lying, holding her hand. He said to her, Talitha Kum, which means little girl, get up. And the girl who was 12 years old immediately stood up and walked around. But they laughed at him. And for so long, I I would think, why did they laugh at Jesus? Surely they had heard the stories of this man and what he's done. Why did they laugh at him? They laughed at Jesus because the blessing that he promised to give was too big for them to believe. What Jesus said he was going to do and what Jesus spoke onto that little girl's life 
It was too big for those people to believe, so they had no choice to laugh out of disbelief. So now you can understand why many times God will lead us in steps. Because if he were to reveal the, the whole picture, you wouldn't believe it. Ain't it crazy how we can believe the small things that God has promised us, but we can't believe the big ones? The things that seem believable, the, the, the small things we believe God can do all day long. But when it comes to the big things that we may not be able to picture, that we may not be able to, to comprehend, we don't believe that God can do them. It's easier so many times for us to accept our current situation than to accept what God is capable of doing. And honestly, we do this every day. We'll accept bad. We'll, we'll accept mediocre as a new standard. And, and what happens is when we do that, good gets neglected. Better gets neglected. I see this so often in our society. And our society has gotten to a point where, where we believe so strongly that we have this, this firm understanding and grip on reality. But what's so sad is we don't even really understand what's going on. In a time where we have so much access to information and, and news, you ever wonder why they call it a news feed? Maybe it's because there's always something new that they're feeding you. And you wonder why we struggle in this country and in our society with people trying to find happiness and people trying to find meaning in life. And it's because we live in a, in a world where they tell you that the only way that you can find meaning in life is by searching for it on your own. And only you are capable of bringing meaning and happiness to yourself. But they want you to search in the very same world that is constantly changing. And you're fed all of this day in and day out. There's always news flashes. There's always breaking news. And it's always breaking you. And we wonder why, why over the last 45 years, suicide rates have rose up to 60%. Jesus said this about this in John chapter 16. He said, I have told you all of this so that you have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart. Because I have overcame the world. And the question I got to ask you is what news do you use? Do you follow the news that the world gives you? The news that you're supposed to do it on your own? The news that you are your own superhero, that you are your own savior, the news that's constantly bringing you bad information and, and so many evil things going on in the world. Or do you need to cling to the news of the gospel? I'm talking about the good news. I'm talking about the news that says you are broken and that's okay because there is a savior that came to this broken world to come to you personally and to let you know that he died on the cross for you. That whatever you're struggling with, no matter how weak you feel, no matter how big of a pit you've dug yourself, he is able to lift you up out of it not by your strength but by his own and what happens is is when bad becomes the standard good becomes unattainable you know i'm so so thankful that god does not operate unbelievable blessings i'm so glad that 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 god does not operate on what we believe is attainable and what we believe is possible. Because honestly, if he did, we'd be in a big mess right now. If God only blessed you with the things that you thought were possible, imagine where your life would be. If God only gave you and, and provided you the things that you thought were attainable for your life and for your personality and for your own abilities, 
Imagine where you would be right now if God only operated on believable blessings. He wouldn't have split the Red Sea because it wouldn't have been possible. He wouldn't have saved Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego from the fiery furnace. They would have been burnt up. If he operated on believable blessings, he would have never sent his only perfect son to come onto an earth that, that rejected him, that hated him, and that killed him. He would have never done that. But because God believes or because God operates on unbelievable blessings, because God operates on on a, an entire nature and wavelength that we can never comprehend. He was able to send his son to die on the cross for you, something that's so unbelievable, but he made it possible. This is why you have to trust in God to do what you can't. And what I need you to know is that there is a provision past your ability. Sarah didn't see this at the time. That's why she laughed. Ha! God, you crazy. And many times we do the same thing to God today. Because there is a provision past your abilities. She did not see, she did not understand that God was able to provide a baby for her when she couldn't herself. That God was able to do and, and was able where she was not able. And you may be wondering, in the same type of idea, how you're going to be able to have a kid when the doctors have told you that you can't. You may be wondering how you're going to find peace when all you feel is anxiety. You may be wondering how you're going to be released from your addiction when you just relapsed last week. You're, you may be wondering how these things that seem so far beyond your reach, so far beyond your ability, you may be wondering how these things can become attainable. But we serve a God that supplies when you have ran out of strength. You probably heard the story of Jesus feeding the 5,000. But I want to share it with you again because there's some really remarkable things that I think are easily skipped over. And it's in Matthew chapter 14, verse 15. The disciples rolled up to Jesus. They came to him and said, this is a remote place. And it's already getting late because Jesus has been preaching already. Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy food for themselves. But Jesus said, nah, that's not necessary. You feed them. Uh, what, what, Jesus? Us, us feed them? But we only have five loaves of bread and two fish. And Jesus, dog, I mean, I know you holy. Uh, but I don't know if you got that 2020 vision, bro, because there are about 5,000 people out here. At least, I mean, I'm just estimating. But we only got five loaves of bread and two fish. And Jesus said, bring him here. Then he told the people to sit down on the grass. Jesus took the five loaves and two fish, looked up towards heaven and blessed them. Then breaking the loaves into pieces, he gave the bread to the disciples who distributed it to the people. They all ate as much as they wanted. What Jesus was trying to get them to see is that whether they realized it or not, there were people that needed to be fed physically and spiritually. And the disciples were not able by their own means to feed them. They only had five loaves and two fish. 
But Jesus said, give me what you have. Come to me with all that you are. Come to me broken. Come to me hurt. Come to me pained. Come to me with the little ability that you have because I'm going to take what you have even though it is not enough, even though it is not worthy, even though it lacks in so many areas. And I'm going to multiply the little that you can muster up. I'm going to bring provision in the place where you're impoverished. And I'm going to be more even when you are less. And this is what I love about Jesus. Because Jesus didn't just take what they had, bless it, and then give it to the people. He took what they had, he blessed it, and he had them give their blessing to everyone else. When God gives you a blessing... Oftentimes we can look at that blessing as something that's for us. Oftentimes we can internalize that and be selfish with what God has given us. But just like he did with the disciples and just like he did with Sarah, so many times, so often the blessing that God gives you, its purpose is to impact more than yourself. So when God spoke that blessing unto Sarah, you're going to have a baby in a year, even though you're not capable, even though you are not able, even though you are far past the age where you could ever do this on your own, I'm going to give you a blessing. And for you, you may look at it as a blessing for yourself, but this son that I'm going to give you is going to... Is going to be the offspring of the nations that I promised Abraham. It's going to be my descendants for my people. I'm going to bless them and guide them. And Sarah's blessing impacted more than herself. And the question I want to leave you today is, are you going to live your life believing that God can't and he won't? Or are you going to believe that God can and he won't? will. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you so much for your constant love and your constant provision. I thank you for being strong when we are weak. I thank you that our circumstances do not limit your capabilities. I thank you that that where we lack and where we are not able, you are willing and able to bless us in abundance and beyond measure. Lord, I pray today that you help us to believe in unbelievable blessings. I pray that you help us to have a faith where we know that you will provide instead of being shocked when you do. Lord, I pray that you give us a strength and a courage to walk in a faith that we have not walked in yet. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Man, yo, I thank y'all so much for hanging out today and listening to this message. If you enjoyed this message, leave a rating and a review. It helps the podcast so much. And if you want to support the podcast monetarily, there's a link to GoFundMe in the description in the show notes below. I hope y'all have a great rest of your day and I will see y'all next week. Peace out.